Have you fallen down the cottage industry rabbit hole yet? Well, if not, buckle up, Alice, and click on over to the description in the show notes and sign up. Then you can get ready for the most fun induction into the cult of all things yarn and fiber. This will include, but not limited to, free yarn, free ebooks, patterns, coupons, and much more. You don't want to miss out. listening to Crime Coffee and Crafts, a podcast featuring two crafty besties who love true crime and a good cup of joe. Hey amateur sleuths, I'm Kristen and I'm Heidi. Welcome back to part two. Part two. Part two. Of. Uh, uh, typically i know all of that but i'm tired okay so last week Kristen left off at huge cliffhanger guys huge cliffhanger the cops are at the flat they just informed him that the drains were clogged with human remains and his response was so flat when it should have been explosive Mm -hmm. okay how awful how terrible yeah well no yeah so after the cops stepped into his apartment and smelled death and then saw all the parts they quickly arrested Dennis and they spent several days questioning him like I think it was like six days they were questioning him that's that's like a lot of days did they have him in holding that whole time yeah wow yeah and Dennis seemed relieved to have been arrested because after his first night in custody he said that he had had the best sleep he's had in weeks. Yeah, he didn't have to hide his secrets anymore. Yeah. That's... Things were off his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. He also said if he hadn't been stopped, there would have been more, an awful lot more. Yeah. Because, <sighs> like... Um, we likened him to Jeffrey Dahmer, right? The whole yeah. world likens him to Jeffrey Dahmer. And Jeffrey yes. Dahmer actually said, I kept killing because it kept getting easier. Yes. So <clears throat> I just feel like if he hadn't been stopped, he just it would have just gotten more and more intense. Right. Well, and it took you going through that whole first part. As soon as you said human remains in the drain, I was like, I've seen something about this guy before. Mm -hmm. But I can't remember any of the details except for that. But no, there's the other episode we had with the Roar Hunter. Right. He had parts. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. No, I mean this specific but guy. You mean I've, specific... I've seen something about this specific guy before. Oh, okay, okay. But like, it didn't register stick until yeah, because I'm yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. So <clears throat> while Dennis was in custody, detectives combed through his apartment, and it was a night that they will never forget. In the front room dresser were three heads inside two plastic trash bags. And this is where, like, the cannibalism type comes into it. But they never really say that he was eating them. But Mm -hmm. 
the the heads had been boiled and one still had flesh on it gross dude yeah um nearby the bag of heads hey i got a bag of heads yeah this insane i can't even imagine like having to search that house that flat yeah (laughs) i mean as a cop i almost would find that to be interesting well yes it is fascinating for sure but clearly horrific because the smell so sad yeah yeah that all of the things it's it it triggers a lot of stuff in people i i don't get triggered by smells i i don't either i had one uh training officer i like i went to a dead body but it wasn't my first it was just it happened to be my first on this with this agency or whatever and he's like are you gonna be okay and I said yes he goes well the person's dead I said I know that I understand do you think that because I'm a woman I'm too sensitive he says are you gonna be okay with the smell and I said it's not my first dead body also I'm a woman like okay women women's (laughs) stomachs their sense of smell is not as bad as men yeah so um generally I'm sure you know I have not smelled like boiling well yeah I bet that smells decomposition and that's probably a lot worse but yeah I you know have been around some yikes unfortunate deaths yeah but yeah I was like no I'm fine I'm not I'm not I don't have problems with dead smells no um in fact side note there's some regurgitated sad dead animal outside my front door and I found a dead bird yesterday too how fun um so there's a lot of death running around my house I don't know why thanks Uh, it's probably the cats I was just gonna say it was probably your cat most likely Vincent but (laughs) I mean he comes by his name naturally Vincent Price yeah he's a great for sure (laughs) lovers of macabre no Vincent Price brings the creep yes out of everything so um where are we yeah uh nearby the bag of heads was an open box with limbs like limbs hanging oh out of the God. box <laughs> that's so creepy <laughs> from which strips of flesh had been removed oh my god so like they're dead parts but like cut off anyways um and on the bathroom floor was the lower torso of one victim's half dismembered body O M G. He was just letting body parts just live everywhere. They were like just scattered in his fucking flat everywhere. That's what it sounds like. That's fucking terrifying. I know. Dennis stated he could not remember the names of the young men he met in pubs and gay bars. He didn't care. He didn't pay enough attention. Uh, he knew they were drifters and are homeless and could easily be offered a bed to sleep at night. He took on the vulnerable. He found out who he could get rid of. Mm-hmm. No much trouble. And in total, it seemed that Dennis had 15 killings in four years. Everything Dennis said could cor- could corroborate that he was in fact a serial killer. And he told police that sometimes he would leave the bodies where they lay for up to five days. He would go to work and come home at night to find the corpse was still there. And apparently this was amazing and shocking to him. Like, what did he think? They would walk. They would they would get up and walk away out of his apartment. Yeah. Like, no, sir, they're dead. You killed them. 
That's so fucking weird. No, no walking away from that. Ugh. Like he had no concept. Like he was not. That didn't. He was like so surprised that these bodies were still there and they were still living with him. So there's no real answer as to why he started killing, but detectives believe that he was a lonely man and the bodies represented someone around the house. Okay. That's really fucked up. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, Dennis was dubbed the British Jeffrey Dahmer, as we have mentioned before, because of their subsequent modus operandi and Mm -hmm. that they were both homosexual. Right. But like Dahmer, Dennis's victims were young homosexual men that he would find in bars and encounter randomly in the street. Many were homeless, so he could lure them to his home with offers of alcohol, food, and shelter. Yeah. And it kind of seems like that's an ongoing thing. Yeah. We're finding more and more of the same MO. Yes. There's actually a case pretty close-ish to my general area. And it was the same sort of thing where it was like young gay men being lured to this guy's house. Mm-hmm. Pretty creepy. Yeah. So once in his home, he would, I'm going to talk more about the actual victims, but this is kind of just like his MO coupled with the comparison of Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. So once in the home, he would usually strangle them Mm -hmm. after they passed out or fell asleep. If the victim wasn't dead yet from the strangulation, he would drown them either with a bucket of water in the sink or in the bathtub. Huh. Yeah. So after he murdered them, this is where it gets really hinky. He would bathe the bodies shave them, put makeup on them, clothe them in his clothes, and prop them up in a bed or a chair. And he always destroyed their personal property, like their belongings. He would get rid of it. It's fascinating. Mm Mm-hmm. And for some time after the de- deaths, he would keep the corpse. Yes. Now, mind you, this flat he was in mm-hmm. was upstairs. So he like kept them under the floorboard in between the next apartment. Ew. Uh... Yeah. Ew. He would hold them talk to them and also masturbate over their bodies and would perform they say he says that intercourse wasn't involved but he would have non-penetrative sexual acts on the bodies so i don't know what he's doing okay he says that he wasn't technically having sex with them. Just, I don't know. Okay. He was like, in his mind, he was having this relationship with this dead person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't want to think about that too far. <laughs> my mind has I told gone you this, there i told you this case was like crazy yeah it was a lot uh no dennis is quoted in saying i stood there amazed i found it all hard to believe that i des nelson he called himself des um had actually done all of that mother yeah that's fucking gross no no right so 
I know everything I've said so far has been kind of crazy and quite a story, but I'm also going to talk about the victims and their last moments. Okay. So this case was especially difficult to do um, because of his poor mental health. And he treated these boys and men in such a way that made him feel better, but took their lives and they were innocent. They had, you know, he didn't didn't need to destroy these poor males. Um, Before I talk about the victims, I am going to quote a written statement made by Dennis that he gave to Detective Inspector Peter Jay in February 1983. He said, when under pressure of work and extreme pain of social loneliness and utter misery, I am drawn compulsively to a means of temporary escape from reality. This is achieved by taking increased amounts of alcohol and plugging into stereo music, which mentally removes me to a high plane of ecstasy, joy, and tears. This is a totally emotional experience. I re- I relive experiences from childhood to present, taking out the bad bits. When I take alcohol, I see myself drawn along and moved out of my isolated prison flat. I bring with me people who are not always allowed to leave because I want them to share my experiences and high feeling. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It really does take you back to that moment when his grandpa died, Mm -hmm. when his mom told him he was just sleeping because... Ugh. I'm, that's what I was saying earlier on. Like it's so. It's almost up. like she sadly created yeah. this monster. But like it's really how he processed it. At some point, he had to have experienced what death actually was. Right, but he was you know? six when that happened, and yeah. his mom, like, here's this dead body. Oh, he's just sleeping. Your grandpa's just fine. He's sleeping. Yeah, that's like. Mm, I think we should have probably done something different. Yeah. That's that's not a good way. Sorry I'm so itchy, guys, but I have hives. So yeah, she's working through some stuff. <gasps> Her and I are just the queens of allergies. We I just Yeah. We're lucky to be alive. <laughs> just <Yeah>. FYI. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yup, yup. So Dennis also wrote recollections of the ritual he he observed after the murder of his first victim. So I'm going to read you this paragraph. Okay. Bring it on. It's tough. I eased him into his new bed beneath the floorboards. Oh, boy. A week later, I wondered whether his body had changed at all and had started to decompose or had started to decompose. I took him and pulled the dirt stained youth up onto the floor. His skin was very dirty. I stripped myself naked and carried him into the bedroom and washed the body. There was practically no discoloration and his skin was pale white. His limbs were more relaxed than when I had put him down there. This was written about Stephen Dean Holmes. Dennis claimed to have met him in a gay bar, but it seems that he was actually on his way home from a pop concert. Okay. This first murder took place December 30th, 1978. Dennis strangled Stephen. Sorry. Dennis strangled Stephen with a necktie until he was unconscious, then drowned him in a bucket of water. Sadly, he had not been identified until January 12th, 2006. 
Oh my God. January 12th is my birthday. Everybody. Yeah. So once they found out who he actually was in 2006, they realized his first murder victim was 14 years old at the time oh, of his death. My God. Ugh. Yeah. How did they figure out who he was? Was it just DNA, maybe? Yeah. Shit. That's. So. That was number one. Numero uno. Poor kid never had a chance. Yeah. But. Um, <clears throat> the second victim was Kenneth Ockendon, which Dennis murdered him December 3rd, 1979. So that was almost a whole year in between the first and second. Okay. So he victims. was just probably like trying to, he had had a attempted murder, but oh. that person got away. Okay. Yeah. Um, this Kenneth, he was lured to his flat and they had sex. But while they were having sex, Dennis strangled him. Okay. And he was one of the very few victims that actually was reported missing. Oh, somebody missed him. So. Yes. He had loved ones. That's a good... I'm glad that like somebody was looking for him mm -hmm. at least, you know, sadly, a lot of his victims. Well, and a lot anybody. of, a lot of victims don't have any, but you know, they're like serial killers look for easy targets and sadly mm -hmm. easy targets are, you know, sex workers or runaways. A lot of time. Or, a lot of times. Know, yeah. They're just, homeless it's 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 too easy they're more vulnerable yeah. to um being lured in with drugs alcohol a yep. place to stay yep i mean a lot of them are just doing what they can to survive mm -hmm. so yep yep it's so sad street life is sad guys um victim number three was martin duffy he was a 16 year old homeless boy and in may 1980 the boy met dennis and told him he would go back to his place for a drink and a bed. Dennis strangled the young boy and drowned him in the kitchen sink. Jesus. Yeah. All because he wanted a companion who didn't talk yeah. or move. Yeah. There's something seriously mm -hmm. gone. Yeah. Uh, victim number four was Billy Sutherland, who was a male prostitute living in Scotland. Dennis didn't remember how he killed Sutherland, but it was later told that the victim had been strangled by someone using their bare hands. That takes a really fucking long time. And when you see a picture of this guy, you don't, you don't see him as an overpowering force right because like, he he doesn't look strong no not at all yeah it's like it's a tall like, skinny dude interesting. like he's not yeah because strangling it takes a lot of so it's strength. almost as if like his mind took over right and no matter what these people met their end well that and he's probably like giving them alcohol first yeah so and... they're incapacitated yeah they, they're, they're less likely to to yeah. fight and have issues right victim number five was another male prostitute but sadly has never been identified all that is known is that he's of asian descent probably from oh. thailand or the philippines oh no mm -hmm. come on dna doe right yeah, yeah get some help this one has a lot of 
John Doe's. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, victim number six, all Dennis could recall was that he was a young Irish worker that he met in a bar. Damn. No. Victim number seven, Dennis described as a hippie type that he found sleeping in a doorway of Charing Cross, which is a junction where multiple rail railways meet. Okay. It's near oh. Trafalgar Square. And I have been there multiple times. It's one of my favorite places of London. All right. Um, so but just, yeah, like, there's like six. And was like, here, I'll feed you I, booze. I think he was, you know, he's probably homeless, sleeping it off, or, you know, just, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he needed to tie another one on, I guess. Yeah. Um, victim number eight, Dennis had no recollection of and didn't know who the person was. Oh, wow. Or what he did to the body. He didn't oh. know anything. Okay. He didn't remember, but he knows he had another victim. Hmm. Um, victims nine and 10 were both young men from Scotland that he picked up in pubs. Victim 11 was a man Dennis picked up at Piccadilly Circus, which is a pretty cool place. It's not a circus, guys, just FYI. I just like the name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a pretty cool spot. It's it's really neat. If you can make it to England, there's a lot of really cool stuff. And I've been there four times. So if you want any travel yeah. uh, tips, I'm your girl. I got you. With robot arms. there's a death museum near the tower of london no i I will the tower bridge tower bridge it was really cool they had all the devices yes that was crazy um anyways we digress um so the man he picked up at piccadilly circus he happened to have a tattoo on his throat saying cut here oh shit did he actually do it though i mean he did decapitate a lot of people no i mean he dismembered people well yes but i don't i don't know but uh, the man said that he liked to fight and that he was tough but once back in dennis's apartment and a few drinks dennis overtook the man he apparently took the man's torso. So, yes, he oh, decapitated, yeah. took limbs. He took the torso and hung it up in his bedroom for a whole day before he Ugh. buried it under his floorboards. Did anybody tell him that that's not burying? <laughs> he even had a garden in the back, I think, like, that he dude, could use. It's like, like a stash spot. It's not a burying plot. I know. And this was the last time, like, he could have buried this one in the garden that he was the only one that had access to. So I I don't know why he buried it in the floorboards. It's so weird. Like, my house totally has those floorboards. Like, some of them, you know, definitely were stash spots probably during Oh, sure. Yeah. But, like, I always want to, like, look at them. There's never anything there. Nothing cool so bummer definitely no dead bodies oh thank god that would be be bad (laughs) that would be really although when we remodel i am definitely putting a false cabinet in the kitchen with a skeleton yes i was gonna say you should do that for the next owners definitely (laughs) definitely doing that or you know yeah so family member whatever anyways Victim number 12, and the last before he moved to Muswell Hill, which was his last place of residence, um, was a man identified as Malcolm Barlow. He killed him September 18th, 1981. There's a 
a lot of death in the year of my birth just fyi yeah a lot of times like 1981 pops up a lot i see it a lot it's kind of scary um the 80s were wild prevalent for serial killers though so very very wild kidnappings and serial murder yeah no wonder we are obsessed yeah you 82 me 81 you know uh anyway so dennis found this man needing medical assistance in a doorway near his home he had an ambulance come for him so dennis saved his life from whatever emergency he was having fucking kidding me and the man went to the hospital with the ems he was released from the hospital no and for some reason he got a hair up his ass and said i am gonna make this huge mistake of my life and return to the man's apartment who saved my life probably wanted to say thank you well he did he went there to say thank you to Dennis for helping save his life. And in turn, Dennis invited him for a few drinks and dinner. What a nice man. So nice. Later that night, he met his, met his demise and was murdered by Dennis. So here, let me save your life. And now I will murder you. Yeah. That's set up that's like extra fucked it's really bad it's really not okay guys yeah yeah uh victim number 13 this was the first victim in dennis's new home in muswell hill dennis took john howlett in his home in December 1981. There's that 81 again. Mm-hmm. Um, but he decided he should die. He got him to his house. He didn't really care for him. So he thought he should go. Uh, John fought him best he could. There was a huge struggle in a fight. But unfortunately, for some reason... Dennis was able to hold his head underwater for five minutes. I'm guessing Dennis just kept his sink and his bathtub full of water all the time. Well, because how is he just, we're fighting. Let me take you to my kitchen. Yeah. And like, that takes a lot of strength. So like he must have, his adrenaline was probably like what was getting him through all of this. That's what I'm thinking. Because you know, adrenaline can do fucking crazy shit. Oh yeah. I mean, it can make moms pick up cars. Literally pick up cars. And all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I am pretty sure that that is what was going on with him. Because he was like, this man's going to die. I'm going to kill him. So I've got to win and let's beat this meat it's terrible sorry Sorry, i just laughed at that oh my god (laughs) but it was was funny so all right all right so i think that we should put a disclaimer no no parentals should listen to this episode yeah seriously (laughs) (laughs) now i'm embarrassed Uh, my mom's totally gonna laugh (laughs) (laughs) my parents will shun me um no they won't (laughs) so john was also not only the first victim to uh die in this new home but he was also his first victim to be completely dismembered okay And Dennis decided to also keep him around the house with different body parts hidden in drawers and in floorboards. But then he decided to flush them down the toilet. Oh, God. There's no rhyme or reason. No flushing down the toilet, bro. This is what 
I mean, it, but also like this I mean, is how it gets caught. So please do. Right. Yeah. Flush all the body parts down the toilet. Please. Also, what the fuck is with his neighbors not smelling anything and reporting it? Or did they? And I'm ruining. They did like no, you're not ruining anything. Okay. I mean, there were some concerns, right? Um, but really, Dennis told on himself because his plumbing was backing up, and he called right. his landlord, and they called a plumber, and the oh, plumber no. reported yeah. that there were body parts in the drain. It's so when the detectives are there in his apartment building asking about to see the drains and he just says, yeah, oh, why are cops worried about drains? I don't know, mother. F- yeah. What a fuck you told on yourself. Weirdo. Like super yeah. weird. Mm. So victim 14 was identified as Graham Allen. And he was another homeless man that Dennis met out on the street, offered to give him a meal, a bed, and a bath. Let's give you that bath. Let's just soak you down after you're dead. Sounds good. Let's go. That works. Unfortunately, Mr. Graham Allen met his demise. And after he was murdered, Dennis left his body in the bath for three days before dismembering him. Ew. I don't know if he was just like, let me mull it over. I'm going to go to work now. You just yeah. rest in the bath. I'll come and sit with you and just tell you take, tales of my day. Nice, nice long soak there. Yeah. So. Victim 15. Jeez, there's a lot of victims. Right. This is Dennis's supposed final victim. Okay. He was identified as Stephen Sinclair. Now, Stephen, unfortunately, was a drug addict. And after going back to Dennis's house for a meal and some alcohol, he also did that hair on. Oh, God. He did some heroin. That's never a good plan. The heroin did him in. Um, Because while he was high, Dennis strangled him and then just dismember his body heroin heroin is a awful awful drug it's we were just talking about it actually before coming up to record ben and one of our employees we were all talking about like it they say that it's like like being totally shit-faced on alcohol times like several times well so because heroin is very similar like it's such like you've ever yeah it's it's a downer yeah i don't like that um no so if anyone has had like high amounts of pain or had to have surgery and been in the hospital and been on a morphine Mm -hmm. drug yes yes I mean, it's the same morphine thing. is very similar to heroin. It's just um, the legal form of it, right? And I, thankfully, am allergic to it. Yes, because when I was younger, I, I, a lot of people don't know, but I've had multiple, multiple um, surgeries, especially to my abdomen and torso mm-hmm. area. So I've had like Dilaudid and morphine and just stuff that really knocks you out and I found out I was allergic to all of it while I was dealing with going into surgery that's so scary I you know wake up you got uh like a huge scar now well not scar you got staples you you know you're dealing with a lot and then you have hives and you're like just feeling miserable and those two weeks in that hospital were absolutely horrific i'm not gonna lie well yeah so um hives can make anyone insane add surgery to that fuck that yeah thank you so all of that combination and then finding out i'm allergic to i 
I'm so glad I'm not allergic though, because a lot of people in my situation might have ended up with an Oxycontin or heroin addiction. You know what I mean? So thankfully I'm not. Um, Or they are allergic. So thankfully I'm not an addict. Right, right, right. I've been through so much. I, you know, should have been by now. Seriously, uh, but I'm not. <clears throat> Thank goodness. <laughs> In fact, I try my hardest not to take anything. Um, yes, I don't. I don't like all of that. I take ibuprofen. Me too. Ibuprofen is my winner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this guy unfortunately had a horrible addiction, and it ended up killing him because he was overtaken by a man who was a serial killer. And uh, his remains were the body parts found in the drains. Oh, 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 boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. So what happened to Dennis after his arrest and confession? Hopefully he got put to death. (laughs) What I wish for him. Well, Dennis... Oh, I forgot to look that up. He's not that old. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's still in. Uh, but now I gotta check it. I'm looking right now. You look, um, because I don't know why that skipped my brain, but I didn't look it. Oh, he died. Oh, he did. Okay. Yes, you're good. <laughs> All right. Um, Dennis was on trial start. He started his trial October 24th, 1983. Now he pleaded diminished responsibility as a defense because he was trying to get a verdict of manslaughter. Okay. Why he ever thought that he manslaughter is like, you're culpable. You did these crimes. You were responsible. This is not manslaughter. This is not like. I was drinking and I had a hit and run and I killed somebody. That's negligent, man. Like that. Yeah. No, you don't, you literally drowned and strangled these people. Well, and had the intention of doing so before you even got your fucking flat, dude. Exactly. <clears throat> you planned this out. This is murder this one. Is, this is first degree. Okay. First, first. Um, of all out of all of his crimes he was convicted of six murders and two attempted murders oh my god because he did have a couple victims that got away but they never really wanted charges and the police didn't take them seriously because of homosexuality yep type relationship Mm -hmm. so they may have reported it, but it didn't go any further because of the societal norm at the time. Right. Um, <clears throat> he was sentenced, however, to life imprisonment on November 4th, 1983. So it really only took like a week and a half right. or so. He did. He was not on trial very long. Yeah. Uh, a trial, like... The crimes of this magnitude, to me, seem like it would take, I don't know, a year. Yeah. It would just be drawn out and long. And uh, so considering everything, it's just not a long trial. But the minimum term for Dennis was 25 years by the judge. But because it's the UK... United Kingdom, they have a whole, they have a, I think this is a, they have the uh, secretary that could give him a whole life tariff, which meant he could never be released. So the house secretary. Really? Yes. Wow. They could say, no, sir, you will never be coming out of here and you will live your entire life in there until you die. Kind of cool. We don't have that. Yeah. I kind of like that. I like it. Um, Especially for people like this. Right. 
And in 2006, he was denied any requests for parole. So he could no longer appeal to try and get out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And as far as I gathered, he was residing in the maximum security prison in Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. All right. But you, got- what year did he die? I have his death information right here, and I can read it to you. This is straight from Wikipedia. On my birthday in 2018, May 10th, y'all, Nilsson was taken from the penitentiary to York Hospital after complaining of severe stomach pains. Okay. It turned out that he had ruptured um, an abdominal aortic aneurysm. So that's fun. Yeah. It repaired it, but he ended up having a blood clot and died two days later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2018. Yep. I think I was just so overwhelmed with all yeah. of the stuff I was going to, I totally didn't think about his so stuff. He served <laughs> Sorry, long, guys. But he served a long time in prison, at least. So he, you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. He was 72 when he died. Mm-hmm. And an interesting fact, there is a band called Macabre. Oh, and they made a song about Dennis called You're Dying to Be With Me. Ew. Gross. That's I know. really creepy. <laughs> it was put on their album Murder Metal, which came out in 2003. I feel like their <laughs> band might be in bad taste, but that's just how it sounds to me. It's an, it's an American extreme metal band from Chicago. Chicago? Mm-hmm. Shy town. Shy town. And they formed in 1985. What? Yeah. That is wild. Right? Um, they have very interesting songs. And they have the same three original members. They have a song called Dog Guts on their album Dahmer. I don't think I like these guys. I, I don't know if I want to listen to them. I'm they scared. took a they took a really great term as their name. Yeah. But they're like really they really are macabre. There's something wrong are. with them, I think. Well they have a <laughs> they have a song called Jeffrey Dahmer in the Chocolate Factory. Um that's creepy as shit. <laughs> right? Uh, the Hillside Stranglers, Werewolf of Bedburg. Is it soup yet? Ew, Mr. Albert Fish. Ugh. Okay. Oh, they have a song called What's That Smell? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they also have another one called Do the Dahmer. Oh, God. Gross. You know, it's such poor taste. I cannot. It's poor taste. It's the same. It's just as bad as those stupid fucking kitchen towels that say eat me like Dahmer. Like that is disgusting. That is like the poorest of poor taste. Please don't. Like, it's so cringy. (sighs) (laughs) Why? Why? Don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. Gross. All right. Dennis Nilsson. I'm sure there's a lot I left out, but if you want to go and look into it, there's you want to like, deep dive that more. There's something wrong with you. No, I'm just kidding. There's so many <laughs> things. Yes. There's so many things. There's a lot of things to watch, a lot of things to learn about. But yes. But um he's dead. So yay. Yay. And uh Newspapers.com had some really good articles from back in the day. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet they were so like- that was a good resource. <laughs> and they actually were comparing him to Dahmer. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating because it's, I mean, kind of the same time period. I mean, yeah. Well, ish. Yeah. Close but enough. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Uh, Murderpedia, Criminal Minds, they did some stuff. Nice. 
And then check out that episode on uh, Midnight with Andrea Uplate. They did a a live version. So yeah, maybe there's more stuff that we didn't cover. Did you just hear thunder? Yes. Hold, please. Oh, do you have thunder? I have a barking dog. No, I think we have thunder. Finally, we have not had rain. Probably need some rain. We need rain real bad. Yeah. All right. Well, Dennis Nielsen is a piece of shit. He's dead. Hallelujah. Um. Yeah, those poor victims, though. Like those poor boys. Yeah, and it's sad that there's some that are not identified and need help with closure for their families. Yeah, it always. It makes me so sad when people are not identified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you are missing a loved one who fits the bill, this time period, maybe maybe they had been missing for a while longer than when they were killed, you know, mm-hmm. because maybe they decided to leave on purpose. But you know, look into it further and maybe contact the Metro police and uh, donate your DNA to get tested against the victims. Yeah. Because that's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. DNA is a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I don't get to talk about my grandfather much, but he had one cold case from 1969 Mm -hmm. that was finally solved. And he's going to be on three different like true crime documentaries. So cool. And um, I know he's tired of the the the, um, interviews and whatnot, but he. But he's was the, the last the person case. to testify. Yes. And he actually put the guy and got a conviction. And uh DNA was what happened. You know, he got one of those uh some family member had a, a genealogy test done. And fifty one years later this people are evolved. So people are so fucked up sometimes. What if what if you you know, what if your family member killed someone and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, then they fucking deserve to be in prison. Yeah. We need to find that out because they should be locked up if they did something. If they did something horrendous. They should pay for it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but like DNA is just DNA. Blood is not thicker than water in that sense. No. And it shouldn't be. And never... (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, yeah. off so, my pedestal here. Till next time, check out our merch, y'all. Find us on Instagram. Rate, review, like, please. share, all the things. Do all Pretty, the things, please. Pretty, please. We love you and we will talk to you soon. Ta ta. For now. Thanks for listening to Crime Coffee and Crafts. If you love our podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This helps us more than you know. If you really love us and want to support us, go to our website at www.crimecoffeeandcrafts.com. From there, you can join our Patreon, shop our merch, and find us on social media.